Good morning. It's wonderful to be in the house of the Lord today. We appreciate each of you that have come to share with us in our time of worship of the Lord this morning. And I realize that we have many who are out sick today and others who are out because perhaps they've been exposed to uh, the COVID disease and those kind of things. But we're glad that you're here. Those who are watching at home or listening on your radio, we're glad that you're tuned in today. I want to share with you a little story that I heard several years ago about this guy who he'd worked in an office for 30 some odd years. He was required to wear a suit and a tie every day and he'd go into work. And after he'd been there about 30, 40 minutes, his ears would start ringing and his eyes would start bulging out. And that happened several days and he finally goes to his doctor. And the doctor examined him and he said, well, said, I see that you've got tonsillitis. And he said, your tonsils really need to come out. So they did a tonsillectomy on him. He stayed home three or four days and everything seemed to be going okay and he goes back to work the next Monday. Been there about 30 minutes. His ear starts ringing and his eye starts bulging out. He goes running back to his doctor. The doctor said, well, there's another test that we need to do. And he ran a test on his carotid arteries and he said, well, you've got some plaque in those carotid arteries. He said, we need to do surgery. Get that plaque out of there so you won't have a stroke. So they did the surgery. The doctor said, now if I was you, I'd take about five or six weeks off. So he took that time off and he'd felt fine. He goes back to work the next morning, 30, 40 minutes after he's been there. His ears start ringing and his eyes start bulging out. He goes running back to his doctor again. And his doctor said, well, I don't know what to tell you. He says, I've done everything I know to do. He said, uh, maybe you need to make your final arrangements. So he goes down to the funeral home and he makes his arrangements for his funeral. And he decides that he's never had a tailor-made suit in all of his life. So he goes down to the local tailor shop, tells them he wants them to make him a new suit. And he said, I'm going to wear it, and then I'll be buried in it. So the tailor measures him for all of his suit, and he said, well, what about a new shirt, a new tie? Oh, yeah, he says, I want one of those too. So he starts measuring him for the shirt, and he puts that tape around his neck and says, mm-hmm, 16 and a half inch neck. And the fellow says, whoa, wait a minute. You said 16 and a half? He said, yeah. He says, I've wore a 15 and a half shirt for years. And the tailor said, well, I can make you a 15 and a half shirt, but I'm going to tell you something. You put it on and you button that collar and put your tie on, he said, in about 30 or 40 minutes, your ears are going to start ringing and your eyes are going to start bulging out. A simple problem, a simple fix. I want to share with you today a message that 
God has laid upon my heart out of Matthew chapter 26 about a distance disease, a disease that was first contracted by Peter. And it's been passed down through Christianity for years and years and years. And it's still raging in our world today. And we want to call it the distance disease. In Matthew 26 and verse 58, the Bible says, But Peter followed him afar off unto the high priest's palace, and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. Now I want to ask you to keep your Bible open because we're going to uh, look at several passages of Scripture here before we go on over to verse 68 and 69 along in there and pick up the story from there. But you know the story if you've been listening to us preach the last few weeks about how that Jesus had had His disciples upon the Mount of Olives there and how that He had told them that the shepherd would be slain and that the flock would be scattered. And we began to see this, the symptoms of this disease began to appear in Peter's life. In verses 31 through 35, you'll find that, Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I'm risen again, I'll go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. You see, the first symptom of this disease is boasting on self. Peter thought, I would never in all of my life deny Jesus. And even though the whole flock is scattered, I would never forsake him. I'm going to be right there with Jesus. I'm going to be there with him. I'm going to stand for him and I'm going to speak for him. I'm not going to deny him. You see, when we begin to depend upon ourselves, we stop depending upon Jesus. And Peter made that very bad mistake there. Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. You ever made a statement like that? Have you ever told the Lord what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do? As Peter said these words to Jesus, we find that it caused the others to say the same thing. In verse 35 it says, Likewise also said all the disciples. You see, this disease began to spread to them. They began to catch it. They began to get the symptoms of it. Jesus goes into the Garden of Gethsemane there and begins to pray. And He told them to stay out there where they were at and to watch and pray. Watch means to stay alert, stay awake. Jesus knew that the soldiers were soon coming. Jesus knew that He was going to be arrested. Jesus knew that He was going to be carried away that night. We find in verses 36 through 46 where the second symptom of this disease appears here. Spiritual drowsiness. 
They get sleepy. They're sitting out there in the dark and Jesus had went away to pray and Jesus was, uh, was praying his heart out to God. But instead of them staying awake and instead of them watching and praying with him, they drift off to sleep. They get drowsy. Their eyes become heavy and they go to sleep. This continues on until finally Jesus comes back and wakes them up and says, Get up, it's time for us to be going. By that time, the chief priest and all of his men and uh, all of the uh, Pharisees and all had come with him. And they'd come to arrest Jesus. They'd come to take him. And the third symptom appears. Peter does a rash act. Peter draws his sword, swings it at a man by the name of Malchus, cuts his ear off, and that man was the high priest's servant. And Peter gets rebuked by Jesus, telling him to put his sword up because they had swords and they could have been a sword fight right there. But you see, he did a rash act. Did something wrong. And this so often happens in our life when the distant disease begins to appear in our life. We boast on ourselves. We brag about what we are able to do. We become drowsy. We're not alert. We're not praying like we need to be. And the first thing we know, we'll do something that's wrong. I'm sure Peter thought he was doing the right thing when he thought that he could protect the Lord from those who had come to arrest him. He thought he would do the right thing by slashing that man's ear off. But Jesus rebuked him, told him to put that sword up. And then in verse 58, but Peter followed him afar off. They arrest Jesus. They bind him. They take him across the Kidron Valley. They take him up to the high priest's house. And that Peter who had said, Lord, I'll never deny you. That Peter who had said, Oh, all others deny you. I never will. Here he is. The Bible says he followed him afar off. Instead of being up there with Jesus, instead of walking right with him, he's back here in the crowd somewhere. That's the fourth symptom that we find here. He followed him afar off into the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. Instead of being where Jesus was at, he's sitting with the servants of the high priest and those that are there in the crowd. He's with the wrong crowd. Instead of being Jesus with Jesus, he's somewhere else. And you can look around and you, you can see in your life and in the life of other people when they begin to drift away from following the Lord. It comes gradually. It doesn't all come at the same time. 
But you'll find all of those symptoms beginning to happen. We brag on ourselves. We think we've got it made. We think we're able to live the Christian life without the help of anyone. We brag on ourselves. We get spiritually drowsy. We forget to pray. We forget to spend time with the Lord. Instead of reading our Bible, studying it, we're probably watching TV or doing something else. And the first thing we know, we do something that we're ashamed of. We do something that we know that is wrong. And that's when we probably start associating with a different crowd. I've seen this happen in so many people's lives after they get saved that they, they come to church for a little while. And then they gradually begin to not show up, not be in the house of the Lord. And the first thing you know, they're with the wrong crowd. They're back with that old crowd with, back there with them. They've forsaken Jesus. But Peter's here. We'll have to give him a little bit of credit. The other disciples ran. Went out into the night. But Peter at least followed Jesus, but he was at a distance. Not where he could have been, not where he should have been. Now look in verse 69. As we pick up the story here, Jesus has been brought to the high priest's house to be condemned to die. But verse 69 but says, Now Peter sat without in the palace. He was there in the high priest's palace. But he's out there in an outer room with the, the servants of the high priest. He's out there in another place. Peter sat without in the palace. A damsel, a young girl, comes to him and she says, Thou also was with Jesus of Galilee. No doubt she had been around the city of Jerusalem there the last few days and she had saw Jesus and she had saw his disciples following them and she recognizes Peter. And she says, You were with Jesus of Galilee? Yeah, I saw you out there with him. But notice what happens in verse 70. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. We begin to see this disease taking hold in his life. We see it producing results. He denied being with Jesus. He denied that he had any association with Jesus. That happens a lot of times in people's lives. They get an opportunity to, to share Jesus with someone else, but instead of sharing Jesus, they deny Jesus. Oh, they may not come out and say, I don't know Jesus, but when the Lord pricks their heart and wants them to say something about Jesus to someone else. They quench that spirit. 
Instead of speaking for Jesus, they just don't speak. Or they may even speak against Jesus or some of Jesus' people. You know, I don't like that bunch down at church. They're all a bunch of hypocrites. Something of that sort. Here Peter said, I don't even know him. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, Jesus had told him to watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. Here temptation has taken over. Temptation has come into Peter's life. The opportunity to stand up for Jesus. But instead he denied that he had ever been with him. He denied before them all saying, I know not what thou sayest. Peter makes a little move here. And when he was gone out into the porch, he had been in the high priest's palace. He moves out on the porch. He's moving farther away from Jesus, you see. He goes out on the porch. There's another maid that saw him. Another young woman. And she said to him, she said to them that were there, this fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. She had also saw Jesus and together. And she points at him. And she says, this fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And notice what he does. And again, he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. This young woman says, you're with Jesus. I don't know what you're talking about. Another young woman says, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied with an oath. He began to swear, I do not know the man. Notice, he didn't even call. Do not know the man. He denied even knowing Jesus. He just said a few hours before, even though I, everybody denies you, I won't deny you. Even though it cost me my life to deny you. And here he's denied him twice. After a while, came unto him that stood by and said to Peter, notice what they say this time, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech betrayeth thee. You see, Peter was from Galilee, and he's in Jerusalem. There evidently is a difference in how the Galileans speak compared to how those who live in Jerusalem speak. And they come and say, surely you're one of them. Your speech betrays you. Francis and I moved to Battle Creek, Michigan in 1983. Everywhere we went, we'd open our mouth and somebody would say, where are you from? 
We had to learn to speak like Yankees. We had to learn to put the G on the end of a sentence and on the end of a word. And instead of saying we're thinking, we say we're thinking. Why did we do that? Because our speech was different. We'd been raised here in the South and been here all of our life. And <laughs> I never have forgotten. We went into the grocery store. It's a huge grocery store, about like the Walmarts we have here today. It had 47 checkout lanes in it. We'd never been in a store like that. You could buy hardware, you could buy a pair of shoes, you could buy a thing. And we were hunting the soft drinks. And Frances asked someone that worked there, she said, Where's your drinks? They sent us over to the liquor section. <laughs> we got a surprise. We'd never seen a store that sold liquor. But we, we soon learned that we had to speak their language if we was going to communicate with them. And here's Peter. He's come down from up north and now he's in the south. And his speech doesn't line up exactly with how they speak down there. And one of them identifies him by that. And they said, why, you were with him. You're one of those. You're one of his followers. Your speech betrays you. And notice what Peter does. Then began he to curse and swear, saying, I know not the man. Peter reverts back to his old fisherman days. He reverts back to being that old cussing sailor. He reverts back to the way he was before he met Jesus. He cursed. He swore. And said, I know not the man. Trying to put a punctuation on it with his cursing and his swearing. But I want you to notice what happens. The Bible says, and immediately, something happened. Jesus had said to Peter just the night before, before the rooster crows in the morning, you'll deny me three times. It's just coming daylight. The sun is just peeking up over the mountains. A little rooster gets up out of its perch, stands up and stretches and flaps its wings and says, ar, ar, ar. Luke tells us that at that very time they was leading Jesus out from Caiaphas' house. And just as that rooster crowed, Jesus turned and looked at Peter. And Peter saw him looking at him. You see,
God knew what was going to happen in Peter's life. I'm persuaded that God had that little rooster there that day to stand up and crow. Because immediately something happened in Peter's life. Immediately God made him aware of the fact that he had done all of those things that Jesus told him he would do. Yes, he has the distance disease and he has it bad. He's even denied knowing Jesus. He's denied being with Jesus. He's gone back to his old ways of cursing and swearing. But Peter does something right. Now let's look at the cure for this distance disease. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus. There's two bitter pills that we must take if we're going to get over the distance disease. One we must remember. We must remember what you were before you met Jesus. We must remember how lost we were without Him. We must remember that we couldn't save ourselves. We must remember what the Lord did for us how He came to love us and how He came to help us to know that we were lost without Him, how He came to forgive us of our sins and our shortcomings, how He came to live in our life. Yes, we need to remember what we were, but we also need to remember what Jesus has done for us. But we also need to remember what we should be for Jesus. Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him before the cock crow, Thou shalt deny me thrice. And here's that second bitter pill. Not only should we remember, but we must repent. He went out and wept bitterly. God had smote his heart. The Holy Spirit of God had come and brought conviction on his heart that he had done wrong. That he must repent of that before he can be right with God. Many times we, we remember what we've done. and Many times we remember what the Lord has done for us. And many times we remember who we really should be. Most so often, we fail to repent. You see, to repent means to be godly sorry that we have wronged the Lord and to be willing to turn away from that and turn back to God. It's doing a U-turn. You're driving down the road, you're going one way, and you decide that you're going in the wrong direction. You find a place to where you can turn around and go in the other direction. And that's what it takes in our life to get over this distance disease. To remember and to repent. I'm so glad that Peter repented of his sins that day. Yes, we can follow his example in following Jesus afar off. 
And we can say, that's me. But we need personal repentance in our lives. That personal touch from God, that personal apology to God, and that personal repentance and coming back to the Lord. You see, failure to seek the cure will result in us being weak, crippled, and it may even be fatal in our life. I remember a man I used to visit in a community. Every time I would visit with him, he'd say, Preacher, I know I've been saved. I know I should be living for the Lord. But not today. Every time I visited with him, he said that. I got at church one Sunday morning and got out of my vehicle and someone met me. Called this man's name, said you need to go see his family. He had a tragic accident last night and died. I remember having his funeral. I remember his words. Yes, I've been saved, and I know I'm not living right, and I know I should be living right, but not today. It became fatal for him. It don't have to be fatal for you. Have you found the symptoms in your life here? Have you found the boasting on self, the spiritual drowsiness, doing something that's wrong, associating with the wrong crowd, then you begin to deny Jesus in your life. Instead of talking about Him for good, you may even use His name in a swearing position somehow or other. Denying it, you know Him. Not letting your light shine. Just going about letting your daily life be what you want it to be rather than what the Lord wants it to be. Will you remember who you are? Will you remember what the Lord's done for you? Will you remember what He wants you to be? Remembering is the first bitter pill. It's hard to do. Repentance is the one that brings the forgiveness and the restoration. As we stand today and bow our heads in a moment of prayer, as this invitation time is extended, I want you to know that this altar is open for you to come. If you need to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior, please come today. If you need to come and recommit your life to Jesus, please come today. Whatever the Lord's saying to you, this is your time to respond. Let's stand together and bow our heads in a moment of prayer. Father, we thank you that you've placed this passage of Scripture here. You've placed it there for our good 
so that we can study about Peter and not make the same mistakes that he made. Thank you, Lord, that you're a loving and forgiving God. And that, Lord, when we come to you confessing our sins and turning from them, you're so willing to forgive us of them and you're so willing to restore us. And we're reminded that you didn't kick Peter out. But Lord, you used him for your honor and your glory. Father, we pray that you'll bless this church and every person in this church, Lord, everyone who is here and those who even couldn't be here today. Father, there may be some listening at home that just needs to find them a place there in their home to just bow before you and say, Lord, I've drifted away from you. I've gone away, but Lord, I want to come back. I want you to be Lord over all my life. Father, I thank you that you're loving and you're forgiving. And I praise you, Lord, today in Jesus' name.